Hello, and welcome to the Wealth Management Invest podcast. I'm David Bodimer, an editor with the WealthManagement.com team. Uh, today, I have a guest who I've brought on the show. It's Aaron Philbeck, who's Managing Director and Head of Unify by Kaya. Hello, Aaron. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, David. Uh, happy to be here. So before we, you know, I've got some questions that I want to throw at you, but before we do that, I just wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself to the audience, maybe tell folks about Kaya if they've not heard of it and just what your role is with the with the association. Yeah, sure. Uh, happy to. Uh, so Kaya Association, Kaya, C-A-I-A, stands for the Chartered Alternative Investment Analyst uh, Association. Uh, we're a professional body um, that is focused on raising standards, providing education, um, on the world of alternative investments. Uh, we do this in a couple of different ways uh, as an association. First and foremost is our formal education programs, which include uh, the Kaya designation, as well as this Unify by Kaya uh, outfit, which I can talk a little bit more about. Uh, we do a lot of thought leadership as well uh, in the industry, whether we're writing long form pieces that are kind of uh, taking a longer term view of where we're headed as an industry, uh, different ways of thinking about asset allocation, uh, and of course, uh, talking about alternatives and the evolution uh, of the space. And then on top of that, we do a little bit of advocacy as well. Uh, so try to hit those three pillars um, as an association. Uh, we've got about 14,000 members around the world, 60% uh, or so located here in the Americas, uh, which includes Canada, the US and Latin America. Uh, and then the balance uh, is in uh, the Eurozone as well as Asia Pacific. Members of our association are all over the place in terms of their careers and the things that they do uh, day to day. So GPs, um, LPs, the large asset owners, uh, regulators, academics, financial advisors, CIOs, and so on. So that 14,000 number is very, very diverse in terms of uh, the types of, uh, of different roles. My role uh, is within the association is I lead this Unify by Kaya learning platform, which is essentially an online uh, academy or learning platform uh, dedicated to uh, focusing on educating the private wealth management space on the world of alternative investments. Uh, we do this through a variety of different certificate programs and micro-credentials, which you can talk about uh, if you'd like, uh, but it's all housed online. Uh, we do video-based content, all kind of digitally uh, delivered. Uh, and a very different learning experience from, say, uh, a self-paced uh, self-study program like the Kaya designation uh, or any other large designation uh, that's out there. So really trying to educate wealth management, and that includes asset management, distribution, uh, the wholesaler community that are thinking through these products, trying to distribute these products, the large wirehouses and global banks, all the way down to the individual RIA. And our hope is, and our goal and mission with Unify is to really have all three of those groups uh, speak the same language, understand alternatives, understand the risks, and understand how they fit into an overall portfolio. So, and we're at a very interesting moment for all of this. There's a lot of product innovation, new products being brought, asset managers that are seem to be fine tuning their offer offerings to make them more accessible to. Uh, the wealth audience and to uh, reach uh, accredited investors. And and it's also an interesting time because you guys recently have uh, updated your fundamentals program. Is that is that correct? There, I think there was something just a couple of weeks ago you announced around that. Yeah. So uh, early January of this year, we, we launched a completely revamped and redesigned 
the fundamentals of alternative investments uh, certificate program, which is on this Unify uh, by Kaya platform. Uh, that certificate program has actually been around for about a decade. Um, we've had about uh, 13 to 14,000 people go through that uh, particular program and uh, just launched this completely redesigned and, and modernized version um, of the certificate program. Uh, about two years ago, we we got together some of the most senior investment professionals, wealth management professionals uh, within the industry, uh, within those three categories. So the asset management mm -hmm. arm, the, the uh, wirehouse and global banks, and the independent RIA uh, channel to help us think through what we should offer within this certificate program, because it's been around for a long time. But as you just said, there's been a lot of evolution uh, in this industry, particularly in the private market space. And so wanting to come back with uh, a redesigned program that not only hits the mark in terms of what are those, what are those educational gaps that the industry really needs to uh, fulfill, um, but also create something that is really for the industry and by the industry. We had a lot of different contributors uh, across those three different groups that may, uh, you know, compete for assets or compete for clients by day, but really pointing to a collective effort uh, and a need for education uh, that benefits everyone in the industry and ultimately uh, should lead to better outcomes for the clients. And so what, if you can go into some of the specifics around what was refreshed yeah, so um, the maybe just some some basic bullet points on on the program. Mm -hmm. It's a 15 hour certificate program, completely online, uh, and we're really walking you through the foundations of alternatives. And we break up the 15 hours into three major categories, which are spread across eight uh, different modules. Uh, the three categories being uh, the introduction to alternatives and kind of the foundations that you need to understand. So we're introducing you to the most basic question. Uh, what are alternative investments? Uh, what's the evolution of this space? Uh, we talk a lot about risk and return and some of the characteristics associated uh, with alternatives more broadly. Uh, we talk about those uh, the product proliferation and the fund vehicles that are now available and how do you compare uh, drawdown funds versus interval funds and tender mm -hmm. offer funds uh, and so on. So that's the first category of uh, of the fundamentals program. The bulk of the, the program is in the second category, which is in the strategy introductions. And what we've done here is we've really broken apart uh, the alts uh, categories that are pretty typical uh, when you look at it from a product perspective and thought a little bit more about how do you actually fit this into a portfolio? What are some of those primary risk and return drivers uh, that move within, uh, within a portfolio? So there's four modules in the second uh, category where we've grouped these different alternatives together, equity strategies being one, credit strategies being another, real asset strategies, and then diversifying strategies being the four pillars. Uh, within each of those, we're really uh, grouping different alternative strategies by, again, that primary risk return driver, what makes those things actually move um, in a portfolio. So putting things like venture capital, uh, growth equity, and buyouts next to things like long short equity, uh, equity market neutral, merger arbitrage that are more public equity oriented um, alternative strategies. Uh, and doing that across each of these within credit, you've got private credit, credit oriented hedge fund strategies, real assets covering things like real estate, infrastructure, commodities, uh, and so on. And then diversifying strategies is a bit of a, 
a unique animal where we're looking at some of the uh, strategies that may borrow multiple risk and return drivers, or they may be asset classes or strategies that really just kind of march to their own beat and, and provide something a little bit different uh, within the portfolio. So that might be things like global macro, managed futures, but insurance linked securities, digital assets, and so on. So that's that's the bulk of part two of the program. And then part three is the fun part where we take all of the stuff that you've learned within the certificate program so far, and we put it into a, uh, the portfolio management context. So uh, portfolio implementation is really the focus of this. We talk through things like asset allocation and portfolio construction, uh, but also operational considerations. What are some fund vehicles that you should choose? How should you think about liquidity management? I mean, cash flow management when you're actually making commitments uh, to some of these strategies. And then, of course, most importantly is communicating expectations to clients. Uh, what are some things that you can think through when you start to integrate this and ultimately you're sitting across from that client or from that advisor if you're a distribution person and setting really good expectations? So that's kind of a, a high-level view of, of the certificate program. Again, 15 hours, three categories, eight different modules. And another uh, kind of cool part of this is that we brought in industry experts throughout all of this. So you'll see people from some of the large GPs, some of the large asset managers, some of the banks and the, the RIAs as well. So, I mean, one, I guess, obstacle, or I don't know the best word for it, but one, one issue was what if, you know, folks are sitting there and saying, this all sounds interesting, but this also sounds like a lot. And maybe this isn't going to be applicable to enough of my clients to learn about. How do, how do you, you know, and then that thought can exist, but at the other side, I, there's also a lot of these studies that I keep seeing that projects, you know, a certain amount of wealth that's going to be deployed to alt in the next decade. So how do we kind of resolve those, you know, things that th th those kind of forces? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And, and I think it's an important one. So if I back up and look at Kaya as an association and what's our mission, what are we trying to accomplish? Uh, it's really about education. We're not pro-alts, we're not anti-alts. Uh, we want people to be informed uh, about alternatives. And that puts us in a very unique uh, position in terms of the education that we offer. So I guess to your kind of uh, your question, uh, being informed about alternatives and being able to say, okay, I actually understand how this stuff works. These types of strategies uh, are not appropriate for my clients. I think that's actually a win uh, as much as someone who is interested um, in alternatives and wants to integrate them in and is getting informed uh, as well. So uh, you're right that there's been a lot of studies and a lot of kind of forward-looking projections of uh, alternatives adoption within the industry. And that number uh, continues to grow at a really impressive growth rate. But alternatives are going to be appropriate for some clients and they're not going to be appropriate for others. But we want people to be informed to make that decision either way. And, you know, in terms of distributing the education, are you, you know, looking at the individual advisor or are you looking at the entity level? How, how are you doing the outreach to raise awareness to get people to be doing the education? Yeah, so we, we do it both ways. Um, when you look at the, the types of people and firms that we work with, uh, a good uh, portion of the people who go through these programs are large entities. So uh, it's, a, it's a firm that comes to us and says, we're thinking about alternatives. We've, we've either just onboarded something or we're thinking about onboarding this. 
um, to our product suite or into our portfolios. And we really need to upskill our team to at least understand the basics and the foundations um, of these different strategies. So that's a very typical um, and common profile of a firm that will come to us and we'll work with those um, at an enterprise or a corporate level. Uh, but then we have a lot of people that uh, come through this program individually. You can uh, go to our website and, and enroll on your own as an individual. Um, and that's a totally uh, acceptable outcome as well. The program is the same um, either way. It really just depends on one kind of your firm's uh, desire and appetite to get educated at a at a more uh, enterprise level versus individual interests. Uh, so it's a, it's a good mix. So, and aside from the education part, are there other factors that are driving the accessibility of some of these strategies and asset types? Yeah. I, um, so when I look at kind of the, the reason why this moment has been happening for the past couple of years, I think there's a couple of reasons and you can kind of bring it down to supply, demand and uh, technology access, uh, whatever term you want to use. Uh, on the supply side, you know, the asset management community and there's a Boston Consulting report that I love to cite, which looks at just the industry positioning. When you look at kind of the projection of this of this industry from an asset management perspective, alternatives represent roughly 15 to 20 percent of AUM, depending on the study but about half of the industry revenues. Um, so you have on the supply side, asset management uh, kind of looking at their business models, trying to diversify uh, their business models, but also looking at what has happened in uh, the capital markets over the past couple of years and the opportunity set in the public markets where we've seen those stats of shrinking uh, public companies over the past 20 to 25 years, capital formation really happening in the private markets. And so you kind of have this collective storm on the asset management side of kind of business case, but also capital markets uh, case that's really occurred. Uh, on the demand side, and 2022 was a really good example of this. Um, and you know, 2023 uh, obviously was kind of a polar opposite of what happened in 2022. But I think people and advisors and clients are looking at their portfolios and not necessarily saying, well, I need all to my portfolios, but they're thinking about, I need a broader diversified opportunity set. I need more tools in the toolbox in order to create portfolios that are gonna better achieve uh, my client's outcomes. Um, and so naturally that gravitates towards, um, you know, alternatives or private markets um, as, a, as a starting point. And so uh, I think there's kind of this collective desire to understand it, integrate it into uh, the portfolio. Um, and then the third leg of that stool is that technology or access and whether it's uh, the the platforms like a case or an iCapital who have made accessing alternatives much easier, much more streamlined from an operational perspective and actually just bringing those two parties together. Um, that has made certainly made the conversation a lot easier. Uh, the proliferation of different fund vehicles uh, that are available in the marketplace. Uh, it's no longer a binary decision between an open-end mutual fund or an ETF and a drawdown fund, you now have a lot of semi-liquid fund structures that are available and have uh, gained a lot of traction from non-traded REITs, BDCs, interval funds, tender offer funds, um, and so on. So I, I'd, I'd say from that perspective, the, the collective number of choices um, has definitely grown and being able to kind of cater it to your, uh, your specific client profile 
um, has gotten maybe not uh, maybe a little bit easier, but also just a lot more options that are available. Yeah, and it's you know the diversification, the importance of that really seems like it's coming to focus, like like you said, because of the experience we've had over the past couple of years, and a real reminder that even the sixty forty can be pretty highly correlated at times. Uh, so if you want to achieve actual diversification, you maybe need to look elsewhere. Yeah, and and we're not necessarily, and and I don't think anyone should be anti sixty forty or anti any allocation or pro any allocation. I mean, right. an allocation is really the result of your client conversations and client situations. So there are probably clients that are out there where 60-40 is, is appropriate, um, but there's probably a lot of other clients where it's not appropriate and having that broader opportunity set and thinking through diversification across multiple strategies and risk premia, I think is an important thing to do. Right. So basically just the danger of a one-size-fits-all approach in any fashion. That, that, Correct. That, that you need to be really thinking about, you know, because your clients are going to be in very different positions uh, for what their goals are, what their ages are, what their family situations are. So it's, I guess, about achieving whatever, achieving the goals that, that are best for them. Yeah, exactly. And you you think about the easiest kind of comparison is someone that is near retirement and need that needs that sustainable withdrawal rate versus someone who's 22 years old. Private equity or venture capital is going to be a very different conversation depending on where they are in their stage of life and cash flow needs. If you're 22, 23, you've got 40, maybe even 50 years of a time horizon to save for retirement. Whereas if you're close to retirement, you're thinking a lot more about liquidity and cash flow. And so uh, those allocations should probably not look the same. Um, and those conversations will be different. And what about on the the uh, events side? Do you guys have some things in the works? Yeah. So um, beyond, so we've, we've got a number of uh, chapters in some of the major financial centers. So our Local chapters are always putting on events. So if you're living in New York or, you know, Atlanta or Chicago, um, Philadelphia, where I'm based, many of these major cities have a local chapter that is putting on quite a number of events. So that's always ongoing. From Kaya's perspective, there's really two things maybe that I'll highlight. One is uh, we put on uh, 14 large um, events per year with the Markets Group. There are alt series, and usually it's uh, alts and then the city. Um, our big kind of flagship um, and largest event is Alts LA, which will be happening in March. Um, that usually brings in a very nice crowd. And we're talking about a lot of these things, both from an institutional, but also wealth management and retail uh, perspective, thinking through private markets, asset allocation, um, and so on. The other thing I'll highlight is uh, we have an event coming up in uh, February down in Dallas uh, with Institutional Investor, where uh, it's an Alts and Wealth Management Forum, um, where, uh, you know, we're bringing in CIOs, uh, high, you know, very senior people at some of the large wealth management shops uh, to talk through some of these things that we just talked about, portfolio construction, fund vehicles, uh, how do you actually implement this into your practice? Um, so we do a lot of events uh, around the world, uh, partner with a lot of um uh, event providers as well. So, but those would be two that I'd highlight. I'm in Pittsburgh. I don't suppose you have uh, something here. <laughs> uh, we actually small. do. It's uh, do. Kaya, Kaya, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so I, I'm happy to introduce you to our, our chapter. Yes. He's, he's been trying to get some stuff going in Pittsburgh. So uh, let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly new here, but uh, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Um, is, is there any other, you know, 
things that I haven't asked you about that you think would be good to highlight for the listeners? No, I, I think maybe just reiterating, you know, just what we're trying to do and our mission at Kaya, which is really just to provide education and help people make better decisions uh, within their portfolios. And whether that's uh, absolutely we need to integrate some of this stuff or it's, uh, you know, this isn't right for some of my clients, most of my clients, uh, that's okay. It's really just being informed and and making those decisions uh, eyes wide open. So uh, conversations like this uh, or like these are, are really important. Um, and we'll continue to uh, to be having them in the industry. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for your time and for coming on the podcast and by talking about uh, uh, all the stuff that Kai is working on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, David. David, how can people get in touch with you if they have some questions? You can find me on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. Uh, LinkedIn It's probably a little better these days. Uh, also, wealthmanagement.com. Uh, and uh, you can find my email address on the website. All right. Great. Well, thank you both. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. 